When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, did you make any New Year's resolutions? I'm Tony Kornheiser. Just one, spend more time at home. Yeah. Wow. You'll be the only person yeah. in America that's going to be 100% on your resolution then. You're not breaking that yeah. one. No, I mean, I think I can handle that one. I'm yeah. pretty pleased about that. That's you know, right. don't make resolutions you can't keep. This is one I can keep. <laughs> Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. We will talk about DeMar Hamlin with Booger McFarland in a few minutes. But first, NFL teams are preparing to play Sunday. And so we begin with Ron Rivera benching Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke and instead starting rookie quarterback Sam Howell in Sunday's final regular season game against the Cowboys. Wentz was dreadful against the Browns on Sunday. Heineke had recently struggled to put points on the board. So Howell, a fifth-round draft pick, gets the call. Wilbon, what does this move say to you? That Ron Rivera and his staff screwed up last week. That's what it says. Because they should be playing for something. Instead, they're eliminating the commanders. They're playing for nothing. They're playing to see which of their rookies, like this kid or you know, young kid, can play. That's all they're doing now, exercise, so the coaches can have film on this player. That's all this is. Because Ron Rivera, Tony, you know, Ron Rivera, you and I talked about this in live time. And I said to you, Ron Rivera, who played for my favorite ever team in any sport, the 85 Chicago Bears. I like him. I, I, think, he's, I think he's a good coach. I'd hire him tomorrow to coach my team, whoever that was. But I'd also probably fire him off what he did Saturday. When he started, when he started Carson Wentz, Tony, there are multiple sources, and you know this, if you live in and around Washington, D.C., and you talk to people who know players, or we still talk to people who are close to locker rooms in that locker room, and they've told us since Labor Day, these guys don't particularly want to play with Carson Wentz. They want to play with Heineke. How does Rivera not know that? And how do you put Wentz in the game when you're the head coach? You have to know what everybody in that locker room feels or a majority of people in that locker room feel. Wentz, it seems to me, is done in Washington right now. This is his third team in three years. He may well be done in the NFL. He may be done in the NFL. I'll go back to the top, though, to say this. This is a franchise in complete upheaval at the moment. It is for sale. It has been investigated by the Congress of the United States of America. Yeah. There aren't three people in America who would raise their hands and say they like the owner at the moment. Um, let me just consult, because I take these notes. Their season is lost. They're out of the playoffs because of what happened in the last two games. So if you tell me, we're going to take a flyer to look at this Howell kid, I'll go okay. But that's not the greater issue, Mike. The greater issue is what happened. I'm going to go through the bell. The greater issue is what happened in the last two games. The Giants came in to Washington, won four and one in their last six. Washington had two weeks to prepare for them. Playoffs on the line, they lost that game. Fortunately for them, everybody else lost, so they had another 
playoff opportunity this past week against Cleveland, a bad team with nothing to play for, mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, again at home for Washington, and again they lost that game. And so I think reluctantly you and I come to the same conclusion that you have to look at the head coach at some point. Right? Tony, again, he's had a long resume and a long tenure in the NFL. And I'm not about to say that, oh, Ron Rivera can't do this or he's bad. No, I'm not going to say that. Sure. But when you are judged by the decisions you make, this decision gave away the possibility of a playoff spot. It gave it away. It was a bad decision. I don't know that anybody out there in the building will admit that. It was an awful decision. And you don't need hindsight. You know going into that game, you shouldn't have Carson Wentz out there. And he was out there, and he failed spectacularly. And there's only one place to pin the blame. I ain't going to put it on Wentz because he shouldn't have been playing. We move on. TCU was 5-7 and last year, so they hired Sonny Dykes away from SMU. And Dykes went to work recruiting experienced players from the transfer portal. Dykes targeted specific positions. He brought in 13 players including five starters and TCU's two leading tacklers. TCU is now in the championship game. Wilbon, there's been a lot of talk that the transfer portal would ruin college football. Doesn't TCU's immediate success prove the transfer portal is good for players and coaches alike? No, it proves no such thing. It proves that it was good for TCU this year. It may not even be good Mm. for TCU a year from now. If they lose four or five players in the transfer portal because they went Seven and four, and guys got unhappy. Ask all the schools that are experiencing that if they think it's good, the coaches or the the, the guys left in the locker rooms. It doesn't prove anything. It proves there's mobility for players, and in the larger context, I think that's good. I think just like coaches can be free agents, players ought to have some of that opportunity, even if it's not as free as it is now. But no, Tony, it doesn't prove anything that TCU benefited from it. TCU benefited. That means somebody else did not. So good for TCU. Sonny Dykes and his crew took advantage of it. Good for them. But I'm not going any further than that. So I believe philosophically and intellectually that the transfer portal is good. It recognizes that players have had no rights, that they've been exploited, and it lifts them up above indentured servitude. But I could never put my arms around it, Mike. And we've had this conversation because it just seems so impulsive. You get benched, you're in the transfer portal. The the Clemson quarterback left and announced he was going to Oregon State the very week that Clemson was preparing to be in the Orange Bowl. So I agree with you that it worked out for TCU. The way you can, I, I just don't think anyone is exempt from this anymore. It used to be that you built a team around two or three good recruiting classes and you waited. And like fine wine, it came to the top. TCU didn't wait at all for that. TCU took advantage of the rules and said, I'm going to get experienced players. They've served their apprenticeships somewhere else. They can come play for me right now. Mike, I I think even Alabama will be affected because five-star kids don't want to wait behind five-star kids for an hour anymore. They just don't want to do it. And Mike, if I were a coach and I were recruiting, I don't know that I would recruit high school seniors anymore. I think I'd go to the transfer portal to see what... To me, it's like going to the supermarket. I need eggs. I need milk. I need butter. It's good. I'm taking it. 
That, but I'll just say this. It depends on your school and your community and what you offer and what your school's admissions policies are and what it takes to yeah. stay eligible there. Those things aren't exactly the same for all the schools, even in the power no. five. So, so, but no. I agree with you. If you can take advantage of that, you do it. If you can't, yeah. you have to figure out a way around it, and it may still go back to the you're, original source, which is recruiting. You're but getting it, it, again. It worked players. for TCU. Yeah, they got experienced players. Yeah. They poached them from somewhere else. It worked great. Let's take a break. But coming up in the aftermath of the cardiac arrest suffered by Demar Hamlin, how do players return to the field? We're going to ask Booger McFarland. Sonny Dykes did as great a job as you can do within yes, the he rules. Did. Remember managed how Dean it, Smith used to understand well. the rules better than anybody? Yep. And so yep. Dean Smith won because he knew the rules. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We want to talk about DeMar Hamlin with a man who addressed what happened so compellingly on Monday night, a good friend from NFL Primetime, Monday Night Countdown, Booger McFarlane Booger. The Bills released a statement that DeMar Hamlin showed, and I'm quoting here, signs of improvement, unquote, overnight, but he remains in critical condition. What are your thoughts on this particular update? I, I think it's encouraging. I, I think, you know, as a player, uh, you see one of our brothers laying on the ground fighting for his life. And I think that's something nobody had ever seen, which is why I took over the country and everyone was watching uh, with bated breath, just waiting on some details to come out, hoping and praying overnight that this young man would survive. And, and I think that's the most important thing. Any little crumb or any little sign of life that continues to move forward, any little sign of progress, that is something that we're all claiming as good news. And we just continue to pray and we hope and we continue to uh, just wait on some good news each and every moment of the day. Booger, in, in, in live time, I, I thought it was amazing and so difficult what you had to do uh, to comment in live time during that broadcast. But I noticed that you said when you saw the looks on the players' faces, you knew it was different. Um, take us back for a moment just to how that impacted you. Because I, I, I think watching it myself, I could see a little bit of how it impacted you. But I'd, I'd like to hear you expand on it. 
Yeah, Mike. You know, I, I've laid on that field before, and, I, and I've had a knee injury. I've had broken bones, and, you know, we're all accustomed to seeing that. We've seen uh, head injuries and neck. Like, we've seen so many different things, and as players, even though those are serious, we become callous to those. And I think when, you, when players see those, it's like, man, I feel for the guy, but let's move on and continue to play. When I saw those guys' faces and, and, and you see Stefan Diggs and, and, and Josh Allen and you see the tears start to roll, that's different. You know, when you see Josh Allen with his face covered basically saying, oh, my gosh, that's different because they're seeing CPR administered, which means their brother, DeMar Hamlin, is laying on the field and he's having difficulty breathing or he can't breathe at all. And that's life and death. When we sign up for this game, we sign up for a lot, man. We take all the risks. We sign up for everything with it and that comes with it. But the one thing we don't sign up for is the ability not to get up off that, uh, out of that locker room or off that field and go back and be with our family. Because that's the one thing we all do. Like we go compete and we, we have a great time and we deal with whatever, but we want to go home and be with our families. And in that moment, it was as if that was being taken away and no one knew how to act. And, and you saw the look and the anguish on those players' face. And I just felt for them because I played that same game. Um, I've hit people harder. I've been hit harder. Um, why was I, quote, unquote, lucky and not in that position? And why was he unlucky? Like, all those thoughts run through your mind. Um, and I just come back to the, the, the point that we tried to stay during the broadcast. Let's just pray for the young man because you can see in the moment Real time on national television, there's a life in the balance and we all were watching and we all were just I, I, I think we all were taken to a place that we never thought we'd be taken to on the NFL field. Well, we're following up on that for those of us who never played anywhere close to the level you're talking about or suffering those sort of injuries, the physical impact injuries. How do you then get yourself in a space to play something as aggressive and as necessarily violent as the next game. Like, how do you, when you had those injuries and you're laying on the ground, but you come back and you played again, how do you do that? Because of the risk that we take, Mike. And, and I think, you know, all those injuries I listed, which are the bones, the ligaments, uh, all those different things, we become callous and we become accustomed to those. And I think the one difference will be as we look where we are today and we move forward to what's going to happen possibly on Sunday is that if I'm a player and I'm playing for the Buffalo Bills and his life is still in the balance, I couldn't play. There's no way I could step on a football field and play a game and get in an emotional state and with, with, with my brother lying in a hospital battling for his life. And, and I think that's what, um, the players are dealing with. That's what the NFL is trying to deal with right now as, as they are continuing to buy time. They're continuing to just to wait and, and pray and hope and, and just that we continue to see progress from him. I know that there are signs from the overnight uh, studies from the doctors that he's starting to breathe more from a 50 percent uh, oxygen level, which was at 100 on the on the ventilator. So things are getting better, but they're still not where they need to be, where we know he's safe. I would need to know that he is safe as far as his life is safe and not in the balance before I could play. Other than that, I, I just don't think I would feel right playing football while he's battling for his life. Let me expand on that if I could and, and get your further thoughts down the road. You played, you have Super Bowl rings. Um, there are larger issues that are raised here. There are larger issues about health and safety and the league's obligation 
to take care of players, even when they can no longer play. You must have thought about that in the last 48 hours as well. Yeah, because, you know, there's been an ongoing battle between players and the league as far as benefits. And, you know, the players have wanted insurance for life. And then with the concussion, the billion-dollar concussion lawsuit that came, uh, it's always a battle because we play a violent game. Uh, and, and, and it's come out here in the last day or so that the NFL, even though DeMar was not vested, they're going to take care of all of, of the medical expenses, which is a great deal. And so this game takes so much from you and it puts you in a position where you have to risk a lot. And I think we all take the risk knowing that the game has given us so much. Uh, I came from a small town in Williamsburg, Louisiana. The only thing I wanted was to get out and take care of my mother. The game of football provided that for me. So even if you told me all the risk, even if you told me that there was a chance that what happened Monday night could happen to me, even if you told me there was a chance of the concussion coming up and and me being able to have CTE, even if you told me I would break every bone in my body, I would still take the risk, Tony. I take it because of what the game has provided for me and my family, and it allowed me to take my mother from a spot where she was to put her in a position on a pedestal that I wanted to all my life. Now, um, that may seem crazy to some, but that's just the reality and the risk that we all take as players because we get in the spot of what this game can provide for us. And on top of that, guys, it's the competition. Like, we like competing against one another. We've been playing this game since we were five years old for free, and now that we've become 21, you tell me you're going to pay me to do the same thing I've been doing since I was five? Yeah, we sign up for those risks, and we take everything that comes with it. Uh, You just hope that over time that the NFL can figure out a way because the long term effects have been uh, duly stated and and, and well put out there uh, with the CT and and all these different things. You just hope at a certain point that the NFL can take care of all these players for life. No matter what happens, no matter what they deal with, we want to take care of all our players for life. You hope they get to a point where we can do that. Thank you so much, Booger. It's Booger, so hard. Appreciate felt it. It, it. Thank you comes so through much. The screen. Thank candy. you so much. Anytime, fellas. We're going to take one last break, but we'll be right back with the happies and the big finish. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Happy time, people. Happy 19th birthday, Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama is supposed to be the next big thing. He's 7'2". 
He's playing in a pro league in France where last year at 18, he averaged 23 points and nine rebounds. He's widely expected to be the first pick in the 2023 NBA draft. When he gets here, when Banyama will join already established stars from Europe, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic. At the moment, the five teams with the worst records and the best chance to get the number one pick are Detroit, Charlotte, Houston, San Antonio, and Orlando. And I don't know how this will happen, but I fully expect when Banyama to end up either with LeBron or on the Knicks. Well, the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks haven't won anything since Patrick Ewing in a lottery. Uh, Tony, he's the best prospect anybody has seen since LeBron, or if you want to go further back, since Magic. I mean, it's, 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 he's that good. I mean, I know you've been waiting. You've been saying, wait, 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 wait. I need more. Yeah. Tony, yeah. you can yeah. find him. YouTube, you can find him somewhere. Watch him. It's, it's, there's nothing like this kid. Nothing. Want to watch him against NBA players. Happy anniversary, Michael Vick. On this day 20 years ago, Vick and the Atlanta Falcons traveled to Green Bay and handed the Packers their first playoff loss ever at Lambeau. They were 11-0 there. The Falcons, who played in a dome in Atlanta, were up against one of the greatest cold-weather quarterbacks ever in Brett Favre. Listen to this. When the temperature was below freezing at Lambeau, Favre had been 35-0. Bringing things up to date for the Packers in his career, Aaron Rodgers is 28-8 overall and 6-3 in postseason games played in below freezing weather. But that won't help this year because even if the Packers make the playoffs, they're not going to play at Lambeau. That's right. They won't get a home game. Tony, I, I think I covered that game. That might have been the only day in my life I ever got frostbite. I underestimated the cold in Green Bay. Figured, oh, I've grown up in this. I can make it from the car to the press box. Oh, no, I couldn't. I think that was that day. Michael Vick had some real high highs in his career. He, he had some lows, too, and he had some controversy. But, man, when he That's was right. on, you know he could be brilliant. Happy trails to a game winner for Laurie Markin. Markinen made what looked like the game-winning three at the buzzer for the Jazz last night, but upon review, it was ruled time had run out before Markinen got the shot off. So the Kings beat Utah 117-150. The Kings' DeMontis Sabonis was initially confident that Markinen did not have enough time to catch and shoot, but when he saw the shot drop, Sabonis conceded, and I quote, we're the Kings, and I was like, well, we might have lost, unquote. <laughs> 16 straight years of missing the playoffs. The longest drought in the four major North American sports can put you in that mindset. But this season, the Kings are leading the Pacific Division so far. Tony, I mean, this is the best they've been since the Chris Webber, Peja Soyakovic, Mike Bibby. You know, uh, I, I think Matt Barnes is on that team. Bobby Jackson. I mean, those teams were fun to watch. That team got hosed. That team should have been in the finals. They got hosed in a game against the Lakers in the playoffs, and it's never been the same since. It's been a long time. Omissions. Jimbo Fisher has hired Bobby Petrino as his offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. If you have no comment, we'll go to the big finish right away if we could. Big finish. Here we go. Giannis had a career-high 55 last night in the win over the Wizards. Are you impressed? Luka, Jokic, and Giannis are going wilt, Tony. I mean, they're putting up numbers that nobody's ever put up. Might say something about defense being legislated out, but that's for another day. Ken Rosenthal told the Athletic Baseball Show he expects Carlos Correa's contract with the Mets to be dramatically different than the 12-year, $315 million originally reported. Your thoughts? 
What are they getting on that medical exam? The Bears will sit Justin Fields on Sunday with a hip strain. Is that all right with you? We've already lost nine times in a row, which is the first time in a 100-year history of that franchise. So, I, yeah, it's fine. Who cares? USA and Canada in a World Junior Hockey Semi at 6 p.m. You intrigued? I'd like to see Connor Bedard last one. The Nets go for their 13th win in a row tonight against your Bulls. You like their chances? Bulls are like 7-1-1 against the Celtics and Bucks and Nets and Miami. So maybe they'll pop up and win this one. Maybe. We are out of time. We will try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, watch Countdown tonight. Here's SportsCenter.